anybody here glad that he lives? Does that make your life worth living? Is the same because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, my life is not in vain. We can bring our attention on this Easter morning to the text that we had previously read in the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. I'm just going to reread just a few verses from this coming from the New Living translation. If you're not there, say, hold on. I'll hold on, hoping that we can keep our Bibles open and arrive to the same conclusion. Isaiah, the 53rd chapter found in the Old Testament, one of the major prophets in the books. This text here, you may see some in your Bibles laboring the suffering servant. We're going to talk about that suffering servant this morning. If you're not there, say, hold on. All right, be there. Let us say, let us begin. begin. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his trouble were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins. Of us all. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God for his word. As you're taking your seat, you help me announce this to your neighbor. Tell him he did it for me. He did it for me. Amen. If you could tell another neighbor, make sure they didn't fall asleep. Tell them he did it for me. We are here this morning for what Jesus did for us. Amen. There might be someone here who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. My prayer as you look at this text and realize that this might be somebody you want to get to know. To know someone that was born as a tender green shoot in dry ground. If y'all can catch on to that, I don't know about you, but I found out in my garden that plants need water. And if they're in dry ground, they become withered. I got a few people with me here. Withered, you know, drained of life, not very spry. And it said that Jesus came this way 
this suffering servant. We see in here that he was rejected and despised. Tell you no, he was despised for me. Look at this text this earlier this morning for our sunrise service. We talked about the events that happened on Friday. If y'all not familiar what happened on Friday, they took him and they ridiculed him and despised him. They were not drawn to him by his appearance. They drew away from him and looked at him with great contempt. I don't know about you, but yet if it's amazing that Jesus in the gospel of John, who was the word, and the word was God, the word was with God, who came into the world and his own received him not. And they rejected him, not even that so, but his religious leaders, those that were looking and waiting for him, betrayed him and turned him over so that they could kill him. But yet he still showed up. Why? Because he was despised for me. He realized that he had to take my place. Can someone say my place? And so he came up in humility. Y'all know he was born in a manger. He could have showed up in a king's palace. Could have had his own court. But we read the gospel said there was no room for him in the end. I can imagine Joseph probably made reservations. But they probably, you too late, brother. We got the house filled up. You got to go somewhere else. I don't know about you, but have you ever been late somewhere? And you were looking for a place, but nobody had any room for you because nobody saved a spot for you. So you got to find somewhere on the outskirts. Our Messiah was born that way. Humble. Tender. And yet, look how he is described here. He was... Acquainted with grief. You know what that means? He was familiar with pain. He was familiar with pain. How do I know he was familiar with pain? Because he knows me. Some of y'all don't catch on what I'm saying here. A God that loves me has been hurt many times. How do I know this? The well, my Bible reminds us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But yet we sing, great is thy faithfulness. The hymn writer put morning after morning, new mercies I see. God, many times in the wilderness, reminded him of how long I'm going to put up with these stiff-necked people. He, he says that I cannot be with them too much longer with this grumbling and murmuring around. Tell your neighbor, don't complain. God is saying, I've been putting up with your mess, and yet I'm still here. You look in in another book, he says to the prophet, how long will I be in this temple if you're going to have adulteries before me? Bringing idol gods in my holy place. How long do you expect me to stay here? But yet he was acquainted with grief. He's acquainted with grief because he realized in order for me to get close to him, he has to know my pain. And so in this text, we see here that he was despised and rejected. And it said we hid our face from him. Y'all understand that Peter hid his face from him. 
They took him and they were trying him. Peter hid his face. They asked him, do you know? I don't know the man. You know how we are. We're persistent in asking questions when we think we know the answer. Aha, I got you now. I got you. Let me ask one more time. And we found out that he denied him three times and cursed and sweared about that. He didn't know the man. And then the text points out that he weeped bitterly sore, feeling guilty of being despised and rejecting Christ. But yet Christ knew it was going to happen because we look in the test. He says, Peter, I'm praying for you. Tell your neighbor, Jesus praying for you. He says, I'm praying for you that you, you, you will be strong because Satan wants to, wants to get you. He wants to shift you like we, but I'm praying that you'll be strong. And that after you do fall, he said, I know what's going to happen. But after you do fall, that you repent and you strengthen the brethren. You see how Jesus can bear our pains and our griefs. Have you not put up with somebody in your house for a long time? They begin on your last nerve. I know when I was growing up, I was telling my mom how I couldn't wait to drive. You know, I was waiting to get my license. My mom said, you drive every day. I said, how do I drive? She said, you drive me crazy. <laughs> so my mom was acquainted with grief. She was used to be around her son that when I would get on her last nerve, she would yell out, Lord, have mercy. And I'm so glad he did because that's why I'm alive today, y'all, because uh, she was ready to knock some sense into her son. How much more do we have a loving God that puts up with us acting out of our minds? And look at Jesus. They put, they put shame on him. Check this out. They had a kangaroo court bringing in false witnesses to lie on him. They hit him in the face. They did not even respect him. Look at this also. He was despised and we did not esteem him. What is it? They says that they said that Jesus is not our king. Look in the gospel. It says, here is your king. It says, only Caesar is our king. They rejected him. They, they, they hated him so much. They got mad when he put up Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. They said, no, right? He said. They said, don't put that as a declaration. Put that's what he said. He left it as is. They wanted everybody to know that he's a blasphemy. He's lying. He's not who he says he is. But we just sang a song. Yeah, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But yet he was despised for me. And look at this, how he was being punished. And they sat there. If y'all look in the gospel text, they sat there, thought they had him says they sat there and mocked him and says, if you are the Messiah, if you are the Lord, come down. They thinking that he was smitten by God, that he was suffering because he was wrong in what he was doing. But I'm glad how they put, but that's not so. Thinking that his suffering was based on him is because of what he has done, but it was not because what he has done, but it's because what we have done. Surely he bore our griefs and our sorrows he carried. Dare we think that he should suffer in our place, thinking yet he was smitten of God and afflicted as God was punishing Jesus? Dare we think that? No, he took our punishment. And by he taking our punishment, we are whole. 
Say, because of his punishment, we have peace. Means we have wholeness. You know that the flesh is that enmity with God. Tell you that you can't please God in the flesh. Our flesh cannot please him. So therefore, Jesus had to come in flesh or form to show us that this flesh has to die. Tell you never, your flesh has to die. And he's shown us that it has to die. So he who knew no sin became our sin offering. This was because he had to shed some blood. You understand that without, there's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. Do you understand that in the temple they had sacrifices every day? The fire was burning before them all day so they could be prepared to bring sacrifices each and every day, hour after hour before the Lord. Why? For the sins of the people. You understand that the turtle dove, the ox, the sheep, the goats were good just for a day. The next day they had to come back with another offering. The next day they had to come back with another offering. I don't know about you, but I barely come to church every day myself. So how, how dare would I be coming every day with a sacrifice for the Lord? Hello, somebody. I lost some people. Because, see, you know, some of y'all, y'all know y'all go to church just once a week. And say, that's enough. You, you, so you all, y'all, so, y'all so enough to be shouting on Sunday when y'all come. And since he paid it all. Since he paid it all, you only, you only have to come once. But if he did not pay it all, you have to be here every day. Bring us some sheep, some goat, some oxen to pay for your sins. For that lie you told your wife, you got to come on in. From stealing from your job, you got to come on in. Cheating on your taxes, hello. Better come on in. I know all y'all say, y'all don't do all that stuff. Now praise the Lord that he's transformed you. But these sacrifices have to be done, and he bore it for us. And we look at here, look what happened. He was wounded for what? Our transgressors. You know what that means? Our rebellion. He was wounded for me, rebelling against God. Every time I act up, he paid the price. You know, there's some groups that, 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 that you know, ever watch those army movies when somebody acts up, they got to pay the price. You got, oh, if he's not going to do it, then you're going to suffer. Everybody, you need to get in there. You need to get your act together or we're going to beat you up later on. We, may, we realize that many times we don't like suffering for somebody else. But Jesus said, every time you mess up, I have to get whipped. That's why the passion of Christ grips me every time he gets whipped. I said, that's for me. Every time they rip off his skin, that is for me. He suffered for who? Me. Me being rebellious, going against his law. He was bruised for my iniquities. I mean, he was bruised for my faults, my wickedness. And in basketball, many times you do an errant pass, we say, my bad. But imagine every time you did something wrong, somebody got hit. You might try to get it right the next time, wouldn't you? I lost somebody. If, every t- if I came down to your house and every time somebody broke a dish, I punched you in your face. Wouldn't you want to stop the dish from getting broken? Say, <laughs> so y'all, y'all need to stop playing. 
He about to knock me out. And think about that. Every time I mess up, my Jesus got to punished for that. Y'all grab that. He suffered for who? For me. He was his chastisement of our peace was upon him. Check it out. He was punished to make us whole. Y'all catch that? He was punished to make us whole. The punishment that came upon him were the stripes. And it says by his stripes we are what? Healed. This healing comes that we were broken, we were separated from God, but Jesus says I can fill in the gap. We deserve punishment because while all of us are like sheep that have gone astray to our what? Our own ways. But the Lord put our iniquity on Jesus because he did it for me. Every time I went my way, I did what the flesh wanted to do. I satisfied my lust. I satisfied my thirst. I satisfied my eyes. I'm putting pressure and pain and suffering on Christ. I want you to grab here that Jesus did all this because he knew that we couldn't make it. He knew that we are living in a dying world full of sin. And he realized that in order for you to make it in today, somebody had to pay the price on Calvary. And we deserve the punishment. That should have been us up on the cross. Some of y'all cannot not, not agree with me here. Some of y'all, y'all I, I, I just want to let you know, the Bible says it's not me, so get mad at me if you want. But if you just say that you without sin, you are a lie. And the truth's not in you. Y'all, 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 some of y'all looking at me and say, where's that? Go look in, in, in 1 John. You might see something that is saying that, that, that you, if you don't believe that he died on the cross for you, are a lie. He had to die to set us free. It was us that should have been punished. It said us that should have been oppressed, but he was oppressed for me. Yet he opened not his mouth. He did not complain. I know about me that when my mama punished me for my brothers and my sisters, I'd be like, well, my fault. I did what you told me to, but you're going to make me stay inside. Anybody else outside having fun, but I'm inside because they acted up. But yet Jesus says, no, I'll let you go free. I will take the punishment. Y'all know that he was buried in a grave, right? And yet, it says it was not his. It was a rich man. Jesus took his place. Y'all catch that? Jesus took his place. He gave it up, and Jesus took his place. But what happened there? Not only for, for, for Joseph, but also for us, that he went down in the grave to defeat death for us, so that we could rise again. He was crushed for us, oppressed for us. And look how you understand when they tried him, they had Barabbas up there, right? Barabbas was a rebel riser, a murderer. And yet they let him go free. But yet a man of no violence, a man of no deceit, a man of no sin, they condemn. I don't know about you, but it'd be, it'd be kind of a, uh, I'd be live. I told you I had a mouth of no deceit. Some of you on there say, look at that, pastor alive. Well, then you alive too then. For us. Uh, we, we may have stopped lying, but at one point, hello, somebody. But they said, now, one point was no deceit found in his mouth. I, I know it's hard enough to look at somebody and ask you, how do I look? 
You try not to lie. Hello, somebody. Somebody with me. But Jesus had no deceit in his mouth. And look what happened here. It pleased God. Him being despised for me, him suffering for me, him being oppressed for me, it pleased God. But it was because why? It was the Lord's plan to crush him and to cause him grief. That, that, that shocked me because it so reminds me, because I, I don't know about you, but God amazes me all the time because I keep on forgetting how great he is. Because things that I just take for granted, I know the sun's going to rise up, I know it's going to come on. But when I get back to my Bible, I said, dang God, you knew all along that you're going to have to provide a sacrifice for me. When Adam was fresh on the scene with Eve and everything was going good, you knew you was going to have to send somebody. To suffer for me when there was no death, there was no pain, there was no suffering. You knew you was going to have to send your seed to die for me. And so I look at that. I'm I'm so glad God knows what's best for me. Because in this process, I see how Jesus had to suffer and it pleased God. It pleased God when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did it please him? Because he had to die in the flesh. He couldn't, he could not come as an angel and be a sufficient sacrificer. He couldn't come down as an oxen or a sheep or a goat or a turtle dove. That would not have been sufficient as a sacrifice. But no, he came in the image of man and was obedient to even death on the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him. And gave him the name above every name. The name. The name. The name is Lord. He is King of kings. Lord of Lord, Host of hosts. And what happened here? Look at this resurrection here. That he will see his seed. <laughs> He'll be satisfied with the crushing of his soul. He'll be, Jesus will be pleased and giving up his, his sacrifice for us. I'm about to wrap it up. Look at this, what this resurrection did for us. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, He was looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Aren't you glad that he was, he, just, he was able to embrace the shame and be despised to die on the cross so that he can be exalted and sit where at the right hand of God? He considered, he, for he considered him that endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself, yet to be weary and faint in your mind. So we too need to realize, Lord, must I strain and run this race so I don't become weary? So we see here, look what happened here. Now that he's extended, he intercedes on our behalf. Y'all see that in the text? He intercedes on the behalf of the transgressors, of those who are rebellious, those who are acting ignorant, <laughs> those who are not obeying his law. He fights for us. Because Jesus stepped in to bear our pain, our oppression, and our death. And through him, we will have life and have life what? More abundantly. We see in here that he was accounted among the rebels. He became a rebel for us. Why did he suffer? He suffered because someone had to pay the price. 
He suffered because somebody had to stand in the gap for us. Nothing that we could do could satisfy God, but yet who pleased him? It pleased the, it, the suffering servant pleased him by putting his chastisement upon him, but putting our chastisement upon him. And so looking at this text, what does it mean to us? It's to walk home now. That if Jesus is willing to do all this for me, what am I willing to do for him? If he was despised for me, can I be despised for How dare I, in the midst of my suffering, in the midst of my pain, complain? Jesus on the cross, he did not complain, did he? He said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Tell them, don't cry for me, but cry for those. <laughs> hey, hey, look after your mother. He was concerned about everybody else, even to the extent of his death. Before Judas came to betray him with a kiss, he was praying for us in John, the 17th chapter, saying, Lord, let them be one. And you see his suffering. So how can I suffer for Christ? How can I live for him? Well, Jesus said this to them, that you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow after me. How can I pick up my cross? I need to deny my selfish ways. I need to put myself last and put him first. And see transformation happen in my life. Because Jesus did all this for me, what more can I do for him? We have celebrated this resurrection of him because of the price he paid on Friday. We celebrate, so we need to put this in a sovereign perspective of saying, Lord, I need to dedicate each day to you. Because your life was dedicated to me. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. The whosoever believes in our perish but have everlasting life. Jesus lived to set us free. He died to set us free. So can we not die for him so we can live for him? Y'all catch that? <clears throat> we need to be crucified to the flesh. We need to be crucified with Christ. He na- that our sins are, were nailed to the cross. He took our sins to the grave and he defeated death when he got up from the grave on that third day morning. And then look what did he do. He present us to the Lord. And he intercedes on our behalf. There's some people that we know that are desperate to know that there's a hope. There's desperate to know that there is a resurrection. Realize what's my life worth for? A lot of people are committing suicide, killing other people over stupid stuff. Because they do not know that someone suffered and died to set you free. Fighting over baby mama drama. Fighting over territory that don't belong to you. We need to let them know that this stuff is petty because he can't take any of it with you. But Jesus says, I prepared a place for you over in my father's house. And you know how he prepared a place. He had to go there. But in order for him to go, he had to go to the cross first. Hallelujah. And when he hung, they hung him high, they stressed him why he hung his head and died for us. But I'm so glad that when they went to the tomb, they did not roll it back to get him out. They rolled it back so you can see that he was already out. And when they found out he was already out, he told them, rejoice and go before me. I'll meet you in Galilee. And cast this, cast this. And he spent some 40 days with them. He cooked breakfast for them on the 
dinosaur one day. And, and the last day up on the mountaintop, they saw him one time on the mountaintop turn to light and turn to like white and said, we've seen a transfiguration. And now they've seen him going up on a cloud with some angels. They're getting upset now because Jesus is leaving them. But he said, I must go. I must go so that you might have some power. <laughs> What's that power? Some Holy Ghost power. And he went up in the cloud. And I'm glad the angels stayed back behind and let him know <laughs> the way you see him go. He's coming back. And he's coming back for a church without a spot or a blemish. He's coming back for us. So how much more now do we need to live for him who died for us? And set us free. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come right now. Lord, realize, Lord, we need to surrender all to you. Father, Lord, that our life is nothing. We are a worm. But, Father, Lord, you felt fit to die in our place. To set us free. You were oppressed and despised. You were bruised and whipped and scourged for us. But, Lord, also you died for us and also you rose again for us because you are the life and the resurrection. Lord, there might be someone here that says, I want to know this life and this resurrection. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose from the grave on the third day. And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we rejoice and we thank you for our salvation we have in Jesus Christ. Lord God's children say, Amen, Amen. We extend a hand of disciples. We open up the doors of the church. There might be someone here.